Okay, here's the situation. Our daughter Mia is leaving for her first sleepover. We have friends coming to stay, and we just got a puppy. So I go on Instacart and solve everything in one order from Kohl's. Fun PJs for Mia. Oh, new bedding for the guest room. And a vacuum cleaner that actually picks up pet hair. All delivered in as fast as 30 minutes. With Kohl's on Instacart, there's no such we can't fix. Visit instacart.com to get free delivery on your first three orders. Offer valid for a limited time. $10 minimum order. Additional terms apply. Talk Recorded live. God is worthy today. Worthy of all the glory, the honor, and the praise. Jesus, you are my everything. Master, 
greeting saints once again in the name of our precious Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. I am Apostle Robert Bryant, pastor of the Christian to the Church, Princeton, North Carolina, USA. And I'd like to welcome you all once again to another edition of The Word, where sound doctrine is brought to the ears of thousands of God's people all over the world. Our God is good today. He is worthy of the glory, the honor, and the praise. We've come to lift up his holy name this morning, for this is the day our Lord has made. We are rejoicing. We are glad in it. Amen, amen. The Lord bless you, children of God. We greet each of you once again in the mighty and the glorious name of Jesus Christ, our strength, our redeemer, our very present help in a time of trouble. We are gathered together one more time in the name of God's only begotten Son, Jesus Christ. We thank God for the privilege, the honor, be able to see another day, to have food on our tables one more time, to have clothes on our backs one more time, to have our human spirits in these physical bodies one more time. Understand there's going to come a day when your spirit and your soul is no longer going to be in this earthly body. God's going to take it out the same way God says I put it in, I'm going to take it out. And when that happens, out there under the sound of my voice, it's going to be time to give an account to him who is able and ready to judge the quick and the dead. God is going to take his spirit and his soul. He's going to take the essence of you out of this body that you are in. We are in bodies. Just like you can go get in a car and, and drive somewhere, you inside the car. The essence of who you are, the essence of who I am is inside of these physical bodies, and God's going to take it out. Just like we can get in and out of a car, God can take our spirit and our soul out of these mortal bodies. And when he does, everything that we have done while we were in these bodies, every thought that we have ever thought, every secret we ever thought we had, every activity that we, it's going to be judged. 
it's going to be judged. So let us get in the habit of doing and saying and thinking those things that are pleasing in the eyesight of God, because we must give an account. For those of you that have been worshiping with us, and I see that there are many, we had Saints two little broadcasts this so far this week had almost a thousand thousand downloads. So uh, we thank God for each of you, and we pray. And I already know the Lord is blessing you. I don't even have to I have to pray that. My prayer for you is not that you're being blessed by the Word of God, which I already know. My prayer for you is some, some of you all will get a revelation that the ministry and the work of God that it takes finances. And my prayer is that the Lord will touch some of your hearts on top of those that God has already touched to be a blessing financially to the ministry so we can reach more souls. See, that's, that's, that's the main reason for more money coming into the work of God, so more souls can be reached. You know, that's, that's, that's the purpose that Christ wants money in the ministry, that more souls can be reached. See, now men, they may have ulterior motives, but God's motive when it comes down to whatever it is, it's so that more souls can be reached. Why Why would God have us study more of his word? Why? Because he wants more of his word shared. He wants more souls reached. Jesus Christ came into the earth to save sinners. That is what his motivation is all about. For those of you that have been worshiping with us, you know we are working on our most recent topic entitled God's Mission for My Life Has Not Changed. Keep that in mind out there that God's mission for your life has not changed. Now, you may have taken some wrong turns. I may have taken some wrong turns. We may have not dotted every I or crossed every T or gone where God said go and done what God said. But God's mission, in other words, God's purpose for our life remains the same. And that's what we're going to be looking at today. The Lord was dealing with me on that just a little bit earlier. Capital A in our outline, when you have turned back. Well, when we get off of God's mission, we need to turn back. We looked at Luke 22, 32, Mark 14, 27, capital B, the fish don't change the mission. Fish is symbolic and representative of those things, people, place, or things that God uses to chastise us, that God uses to confine us. See, the reality was that the fish was one of the best things that ever happened to Jonah as terrible as it was. Some of you all out there under the sound of my voice, being locked up was the best thing that ever happened to you. God said, if some of you all, if you hadn't have been locked up, you would have still been out acting like, acting like a fool. And the next crime you would have committed would have been even worse than the one that you committed that got you locked up. Some folk being fired from your job was the best thing happened to you. Some of you were able to realize that, 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 that God ain't playing. And that the same way that God can give it, God can take it. Some of you under the sound of my voice, sometimes, the most tragic and terrible of events in our life are some of the best ones for us. Reality is, in our Christianity, the cross was the best thing that could have happened for us as Christians. As terrible as it was for our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ, the Bible says that without the shedding of blood, there is no remission of sin. If Jesus had not died on that cross, you and I wouldn't stand a chance of being saved right today. So the fish... Fish, unpleasant as it may be, painful as it may be, embarrassing as it may be, just the opposite of what you want, you and I want it to happen as it may be. So, sometimes the fish 
is the best thing for us. And the fish does not change the mission. Rather, the fish enhances the mission. The, the fish helps most of us get in gear and do the, do, and do the mission. John, we looked at, I mean, Jonah, chapter 1, verse 17, and we looked at uh, Jonah, chapter 1, verse 6, yesterday. Brings us on down to capital C in our outline, his mission, his purpose. His mission, what? His purpose. Keep in mind that they are very closely, rela closely related. Very, very closely related. We're going to look at Romans chapter 8, verse 28, very briefly today. See what the Lord has in store for you and I. From the New International Version, our scripture reads, And we know that in all things God works for the good of those who love him, who have been called according to his purpose. I like the King James Version a little bit better. It says that all, and all things work together for good for those who love the Lord and are called according to his purpose. Romans chapter 8, verse 28, capital C in our outline, his mission, his purpose. Let us pray. Father, in Jesus' mighty name, we pray. We bless your name today, Father, for you have blessed us one more time. You have allowed us to see, to smell, to taste, to touch, to hear, to walk, to talk. Father, you have given us food to eat air to breathe. You have brought the sun up one more time. Father, so many, so many great and wondrous things that you have done to us, through us, and for us. We give you all praise, glory, and honor. We appreciate you, and we pause reverently today to say thank you. We don't want to be unappreciative. We don't want to be unthankful. But rather, Father, we want to give you the glory for the good works that you have done in creation. We pray, Heavenly Father, that as we study your word today, you will give us even more revelation, more insight, more understanding, that you will speak and reveal to us the deep things of God, those things that you have hidden from the wise and the learned, but you have revealed them to us, your little children. We thank you in advance, Father, because we know that if your son asks for a piece of bread, you will not give him a stone. If he asks for a fish, you will not give him a serpent. We come to you, Father, today as your sons and your daughters asking for our daily bread, words from you that will be exactly what we need to help take us further and closer to in your good, pleasing, and perfect will. We give you glory, honor, and praise, Father. We present our bodies to you today as living sacrifices, holy and pleasing to God, for you have told us in your word that this is our spiritual act of worship. Father, we pray that we conform no longer to the pattern of this world, but we're asking once again that you will transform us by the renewing of our minds that we may be able to test and approve what your will is, your good, pleasing, and perfect will. Do these things for us, Father, and we will be very careful to forever give your name glory, honor, and praise. This is our prayer we count done in Jesus' mighty and glorious name we pray. Amen and amen. God, so why is it you suppose McDonald's is not doing things a whole, whole lot different from what they've been doing about the last 50 years? 
One of the saints said, what? Because work. Why do you suppose that Coca-Cola not doing things a whole lot different from what they've been doing for about the last 100 years or whatever? Because, huh? One of the saints hollering it because it tastes delicious. Well, it works. It works. Well, why do you suppose God is not doing things a whole, whole lot different than how he's been doing them since the beginning? Why? Because it works. God's way works. Most times when you find successful people, they have found themselves a strategy. They have found themselves a system. They have found themselves an endeavor, a way of doing things that works. Why do you suppose just about every year Coach K and the Duke team is ranked in the top ten? Now, we know they're having their struggles this year. Because he's found a system. He's found a way of relating with athletes, with relating to players, with a that works. Why do you suppose John Calipari in Kentucky just about every year is up and around the, the, the national championship? Why do you suppose Urban Meyer or, or what's his name at Alabama, uh, uh, Nick Saban, why do you suppose these characters year after year, while other characters, Oftentimes, they're having up and down seasons, might have a winning season, they might have a losing season. Why? These characters that are consistently and constantly uh, 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 ranked high in college sports and activity, they have found the secret to their particular, the particular level they're on. Now, we don't see where John Calipari, because he's been in the NBA, been in the NBA running around, Rick Pitino running around. These characters... You know, it's one thing to find the secret to success on the college level, but it's a whole other thing to find the secret to success in the NBA. Now, everybody that finds the secret to success in the college level don't find the secret to success on the NBA level. Now, you've got some coaches that have. Bill Belichick's in the NFL. you got, uh, 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 what's his name in San Antonio? Greg Popovich. With San Antonio, these are characters that have found the secret to success on the professional level. Now, you say, Apostle, what are you trying to get us to understand? Whatever level you are on, there is a what? Secret to success. Everybody that does well in the first grade doesn't do well, come on somebody, in the second grade. Everybody that does well in middle school doesn't do well in high school. Everybody that's got it going on in high school doesn't do well in college. You say, Apostle, what has God sent you here today to encourage us to do? You've got to find the secret to success at the level you are on. You've got to find the secret to God will give you and I the secret to success for whatever level that we find ourselves on. He'll give us the secret of success. Well, as we look at our select scriptures, Romans chapter 8, verses 28 through 39, entitled in my Bible, More Than Conquerors. Now, we were talking earlier about the secret of success at various levels. Now, one of the things that God wants us to understand as children of God is that there is no situation and that we are going to be faced with in our life as children of God that we have not been equipped to conquer. 
Keep that in mind. That's just so so you know I'm out running, feeling like, oh, it's too much for me. Wait a minute. Are you facing it? Yes. As a child of God, yes. Then you are more than a conqueror. You can handle that. Don't come telling me, bitch, oh, it's too much work in college. Oh, it's too much work on this new job. Oh, this marriage that I'm in is just too, I, I don't know if I want to hear that. You are more, listen to me, child of God, you are more than a conqueror. Now, it doesn't always feel like that. God said, Robert, I'm, I'm, I'm reminded of some of the things you said to me when I allowed your back to be hurt the last time. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Didn't feel like it now. It's not always going to feel like we're more than conquerors. It's not always going to seem like we're more than conquerors, but God wants you and I to rest assured that if he has allowed it to come upon us, if he has allowed it, us to face it, to have to deal with it, we can handle it. More than conquerors. Well, why? You say, Apostle, how are you going to say that? Well, here's why. You've got you, you to understand a little bit of the mind of God. See, if you don't understand a little bit of the mind of God, then you'll you, you think that situations and circumstances and events in life are too big for you, beyond your ability to handle, all kind of nonsense, until you understand the mind of God or catch a glimpse of the mind of God. God speaks and communicates something to us here in verse 28 as children of God that ought to that ought to put a dance in your uh, that ought to put a dance in your in your in your step. Romans 8 and 28 says, "We know." Well, who is we? My grandfather used to ask that question when I was a young Christian. Sometimes I'd be like, "Grandpa, you know how you know how we do." First thing he asked me, "Who is we?" I'd be like, "Come on, Grandpa, you know how they you know they they said he who is they." In other words, identify the group that you are talking about. See, sometimes people want to lump you into we. When 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 what they are what they trying to lump you in, you not you not involved in that. You know, if you rob the bank and come here to the Christian Center, sit down for worship. Police come. Don't come telling the police that we we here at the Christian Center robbed the bank. No, we didn't. <laughs> You robbed the bank. You, now don't, don't put me in that. Don't put me in that. You say, Apostle, what's driving that? Don't let people put you in a group that you don't belong to. You don't want to go in the supermarket and where they got, you got a carton of eggs up there and they got a label on it saying nuts and bolts. You get it home, it's a, it's a dozen eggs. Uh-uh. Mm-mm. Wrong label. So don't allow people to put you in groups that God has not put you in, and don't allow people to put labels on you that God has not put on you. You are who God says you are. You can do what God says you can do. You can have what God says you can have. Now, the adversary's job is going to try to make you feel just the opposite of that. What God, who God says you are, the adversary is going to try to make you feel like something else. What God says you can do, the adversary is going to try to make you feel like you, you can't do that. Where God says you can go, the adversary is going to try to make you feel like you'll never get there. What God says you can have, the adversary will be telling you you can't have that. So you mess around and spend your life listening to the nonsense of the adversary, and then you end up blocking your own self. Blessings you could have had, and God be saying all you would have had to do is go in and take the land, but because you listened to the adversary who told you you couldn't take the land, now you don't get the land. 
God until you go on and marry that girl right there. The adversary done told you you, you you better not marry you. You better not. You, you know how you know how a woman is. See now the blessings that God had for you for taking that step or taking that leap by faith. You don't get them because you listen to the adversary. Now God be saying, who fault is that? Now how are you gonna rebuke a devil that you listening to? You ain't rebuking him. You agreeing with him. One I was in uh, Dubai recently. Pastor over there said something. That was very, very profound, and, I'm, and the Lord's going to have to bring it back to my remembrance because I was listening to him. I was like, wow, man of God, that's, that's serious right there. Man of God was talking about how that the Scripture says, let every matter be uh, confirmed or something. I can't even remember the word. By the testimony of two or three witnesses. By the testimony of two or three witnesses. And he gave a parable when he was teaching about going to the doctor. And, you know, the doctors say, you know, uh, you got high blood pressure. And you'd be like, yeah, yeah, I knew I was eating a lot. Well, see, now you've agreed with him. So now that matter has, that matter has been settled. That matter has been confirmed. You agree with him. What he was saying was, look, I ain't got to agree with the doctor just because the doctor says I got something. If God ain't said I got it, it doesn't matter that the doctor, you know, God, you know, the doctor's not God. But when we agree with that, see, I don't know. I don't know whether I got high blood pressure or not. I ain't in my blood vessels. God know whether I got high blood pressure or not. Somebody, something might have been wrong with the doctor's machine. I don't know. I, all I'm saying is, when we agree, then that matter now has been established because we have agreed with that. In essence, what the man of God was saying is, you need to be mindful and you need to watch what you are agreeing with. Just just watch what you're agreeing with. Remember, there's us in these bodies, God in these bodies, Satan talking in these bodies as children of God. Now, if you're not a child of God, then it's you in that body, and the devil in that body, and God be on the outside somewhere talking. But as children of God, God is now on the inside of us talking. The devil has had to, he has had to move his, his, his habitat out. He's had to move out of us now as children of God, but he still be talking. That's why if you ever wonder when you think in doubt, thinking thoughts of doubt, ain't nothing but the devil talking to you. What thoughts are, they are communications from the supernatural realm. That's all they are. Something telling you, 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 you just can't do it. You just can't do it. You just can't have it. You just can't, you just can't. Well, that be the devil talking to you. Now, like we just finished talking about, whose report will you believe? Who you going to side up with? Who you partnering with? God be telling you that you can, Moses. Devil be telling you that you can't. You don't agree with the devil, and now you're wondering why you don't have it, why you're not doing it. It's because you have agreed with the devil. So, so, so the man of God was saying, he's saying, look, be careful, be mindful of who you are, who you are agreeing in, agreeing with. You can stop your own blessings. You can stop, you can stop the whole process of God giving you something good because of who you have agreed with. You have agreed with the devil who told you that you can't. Now you, now you can't. And now you are now you almost feel like the devil told you the truth. The devil can't tell you the truth. The Bible says he's a liar and the father of all lies. 
So when the devil told you that you can't, when God was telling you that you can, because you believed what the devil said, you didn't. Not that you couldn't. You could have if you would have believed God. You could have had it if you would have believed God. You could have done it if you would have believed God. You could have gone if you would have believed God. But because you didn't believe God, now you haven't. So it wasn't that you couldn't. It wasn't that you can't. It was that you didn't. Because you believed the devil. You. You can't rebuke that kind of devil. When you were talking about rebuking the devil, that means you got the, you got you can't rebuke a devil that you're listening to. In order to rebuke the devil, you got to listen to God. That's how you rebuke the devil. I'm not listening to that nonsense. Satan, I rebuke you. I can. Through Christ, I can. That's how you rebuke the devil. You over there listening to the devil talking about I rebuke you, devil. I mean, you still listening to him. That don't work. The way you rebuke the devil is you believe what you rebuke him and go on with what God told you. You can't stay over there believing what he done told you and doing what he wants you to do and talking about you rebuke the devil. He don't go like that. We know. Look at Romans 8 and 28. We're about done here now. We know. Who is we? Children of God. Now, if you don't know this, then you need to change. You need to be in the know. Don't the world have a saying? You know, we want to be in the know. Well, you if you don't know this, if you don't know that all things work together for your good, then you need to be in the know. Then, then here's a revelation for you today, whoever you are and wherever you are. If you, oh, apostle, I didn't know all things, everything, all things were going to work together for my good as a child of God. If you didn't know that, there's your word for today. All things. We know that in all things, God works for the good of those who love him. First prerequisite. Now, if you want all things in your life to work together for your good, there are prerequisites. There are prerequisites. There's things you've got to do. God didn't say this was for everybody. This is not a word. This is not a universal word. This is a unique word. I shared with you all some time ago. God, we got universal words. And God has unique words. Universal words go for everybody. Unique words only go for a specific group or a specific time or a specific season. This is a unique word. This is for those who love the Lord. See, if you don't love the Lord, stuff don't be, don't, stuff don't be working together for your good. All kind of crazy stuff be happening to you. See, all kind of terrible stuff be happening to you. And it, ain't, and it ain't working for your good, if not if you don't love the Lord. So the first prerequisite to get everything, watch this. This is a pre, this prerequisite, right? These two prerequisites right here will change the very purpose of everything that is happening to you. Now, what are we talking about? God's mission, his mission, his purpose. His mission, his purpose. God was dealing with me earlier this morning that the two are closely related, the two are almost the same. Because you can't understand your mission or God's mission for your life until you understand God's purpose for your life. So this, these, you get these two things here going in, 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 like they're supposed to, and it will change the very mission and the very purpose of everything that comes to you. Love the Lord. And be called according to his purpose. 
God says when you do those two things right there, God says you got to love me now. You can't play love me. You can't play like you love me. God says I know whether you really love me or not. And God says you got to be called according to my purpose. Then every dart that Satan threw or fired at you, when you have met these two prerequisites, God will take it, and by the time it gets to you, it will work together for your good. All right. One of the things is using as an example from uh, the movie The Matrix when they were shooting bullets. Some of the, the agents were shooting bullets at Leo, or it was Neo, whatever the name was, and he just put his hand up and just stopped them. And then they, it just stopped them. It looked like he was playing with them one time or something. And then using that same power, he fired them right back at those who were shooting at him. So we keep in mind that, that, that meeting these two Conditions, loving God, loving God. How you say, Apostle, how in the world we love God? With all your heart, soul, strength, and mind. Then you can love your neighbor as yourself. But you've got to love God. Now, if you, if you don't love God, then this don't go for you. Uh, if you're missing either one of these two, you, the, 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 all things don't work together for your good. If you're missing, if you don't really love God, then stuff don't be working together for your good. If you haven't been called according to his purpose, then stuff don't be working together for, his, for your good. When you really love God, when you've really been called according to his purpose, everything that you experience, everything that God do to you, you already is going to work together for your good. Everything the devil do to you. It's going to work together for your good. Everything your friends do to you, it's going to work together for your good. Everything your enemies do to you, it's going to work together for your good. Everything, every, all things work together. Now, God said, Robert, you need to deal with that with my people now so that they don't, they don't get sidetracked and they don't get twisted. Work together. Work together, meaning that some things, when, when things work together, that means that there's time elements involved, and there are multiple parts involved. You can't work together by yourself. To keep in mind, children of God, we are God's co-workers. You need to understand as a child of God, you're working with God. Now, how would that look like? They'd have to end up standing before God on Judgment Day, and God was like, you was a selfish co-worker. Somebody you on the job, you got selfish co-workers. They mess around and bring a big old sandwich or bring some cookies and don't want nobody to have none but them. You got some, You watch this, you got some nasty co-workers out there. So we'll go to the break room, eat, do all kind of stuff, and leave the break room all in a mess, just like ain't nobody else coming to eat. You got selfish coworkers. You got nasty coworkers. You got you got uh, 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 undisciplined coworkers. You got all kinds. How are you working in the kingdom of God? What what kind of coworker are you to God? You got lazy coworkers. 
my homegirls said some of them out there, Robert, they're just as lazy as they can be. They my children. They my sons, they my, but they're lazy. You got all kinds of co-workers. And God says the same way that you have all kinds of co-workers in the natural, there's all kinds of co-workers in the kingdom of God. What kind of co-worker are you to God? Because that's what you need to understand as a child of God. You are a co-worker, a co-laborer with God. You got co-workers in the natural, always trying to, always trying to shift their job to somebody else, get somebody else to do the work. They think they outsmarting somebody. Get somebody else to do their work for them. In the natural, you got them. You got everything I'm describing here. This is why one of the reasons I praise God for being a school teacher for about for about 15 years before God called me into full time ministry, because I dealt with thousands and thousands of students every single year, every single day. I have seen just about every kind of little spirit that known to man, because it being in kids. I've dealt with little young murderers, young people end up being murderers. Young people, they end up being little prostitutes. Some of my boys was, was drug dealers. They admit it. This is stuff they say. They're little drug dealers. You know? Look, some of them little rapists. Some of them little thieves. You know, all kinds of little spirits. All kinds of little spirits. Just like, you know, in society, you've got all kinds of spirits that people be. And you say, Apostle, what about these spirits? Now, what's the difference? Spirits influence people. If you ever wonder why all, Pastor, why is there so much evil in the world? Why? Because men and women listening to evil spirits. That's why. Why is there so much evil in the church? Well, you got men and women in the church listening to evil spirits. Why? It, why do you see a manifestation of evil out of men and women? You see people do evil things because people listen to evil spirits. That's a stupid question to ask. Why somebody has done anything? It's a stupid question. Either God told them to do it, come on, children of God, or what? Or the devil. Oh, Apostle, I wonder why this man killed all these people down there. Well, you know, God didn't tell him to do it. The devil did. So keep in mind what you see out of men and women is just a manifestation of the spirit that they are listening to. Say that again, children of God. Everything that we see what men and women do is a manifestation of what? The spirit that they are listening to. When you see people are violent, that's because they've chosen to listen to a violent spirit. This big homosexual nonsense that's moving real strong across the United States, well, what's going on? You've got individuals that have, that have chosen to listen to that particular perverted spirit. When you've got individuals that are scared of all kinds of things, they've chosen to listen to a spirit of fear. Everything that people do is a reflection and an indication of the spirit or spirits that they have chosen to listen to. So we don't have to be wondering why people do what they do, why people say. You can find somebody that, that, that just lie, 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 lie. Tell a lie. Every time you turn around, they're telling a lie about this. Lie. Well, that's because they've chosen to listen to a what? Lying spirit. Now watch this now. Watch this now. We're going to go to the book of um, 
I believe it's Second Kings. I want to find the Lord is flashing this in my spirit now in regards to Micaiah. You remember the prophet Micaiah. Now, King Ahab, one of the kings of the nation of Israel, he did not like hearing from Micaiah. And, uh, you know, because according to him, Micaiah never prophesied what? Anything good, but always bad stuff. Well, when Micaiah started, find that scripture for me, Saints. When Micaiah was brought out to tell King Ahab whether or not he should go to war with Ramoth Gilead, 1 Kings 22, praise God, praise God. When, when, when Micaiah was brought out to tell whether or not Ahab should go to war with Ramoth Gilead, first thing they did, you know, Ahab didn't want to bring him out. Ahab was like, you know, I, I, you know, because the, the other king, the other king was like, I want to hear from a true prophet. See, the, Ahab had brought out a bunch of false prophets. Some of you all understand my voice. You've been listening to a bunch of false prophets. Ahab loved false prophets. Why? Because he was a wicked man. See, if you out there understand my voice and you love salt, you love false prophets, you love unsound doctrine, let me tell you why. It's because you wicked. Wicked people love false prophets. Wicked people love unsound doctrine. All right, now that we got that, now that we got that, what, established. All right? Ahab loved false prophets. First Kings chapter 22. Now, let's get a little background. Ahab wanted to go to war against this group called Ramoth Gilead. He wanted to. That's what he really wanted to do. Well, the false prophets knew that's what he wanted to do. So what you think the false prophets, they, they, the false prophets say you ought to definitely go to war against Ramoth Gilead. Look at 1 Kings uh, chapter 22. And verse... Let me start at verse 1. The Bible says for three years there was no war between Aram and Israel. But in the third year, Jehoshaphat, king of Judah, went down to see the king of Israel, which was Ahab at the time. The king of Israel had said to his officials, don't you know that Ramoth Gilead belongs to us? And yet we are doing nothing to retake it from the king of Aram. So he asked Jehoshaphat, will you go with me to fight against Ramoth Gilead? Jehoshaphat replied to the king of Israel, I am as you are. My people as your people, my horses as your horses. But listen at Jehoshaphat now, because my prayer for you under the sound of my voice is that you will develop a Jehoshaphat spirit. Listen at Jehoshaphat. Jehoshaphat said, but Jehoshaphat also said to the king of Israel, first seek counsel of the Lord. Jehoshaphat was a king, just like Ahab was. Ahab was renowned for being wicked. Everybody knew. In fact, the Bible even tells us there was never a man who sold himself to do evil in the eyes of the Lord quite like Ahab. He was Jezebel's husband. He had witchcraft and false god worship all throughout the land. He was just a terrible, terrible individual. The Bible bears this out. Well, he got himself connected with the king of the southern kingdom uh, at this time, which was Jehoshaphat. And he wanted Jehoshaphat to go to war with him. Well, Jehoshaphat was like, yeah, yeah, you know, no problem. My horse is your horse. My chariot is your chariot. I'm, I'm with you, bro. I'm with you. I'll, I'll go down with you. But first, let's seek counsel of the Lord. Jehoshaphat said, look, man, 
I ain't got to be king like this by making rash decisions. Let's check with God. Now, now, and I told you all earlier, my prayer for some of you all understand my voice, you will develop a Jehoshaphat spirit. Before you take that job, first seek counsel of the Lord. Before you marry that woman, first seek counsel of the Lord. Before you join that church, first seek counsel of the Lord. See, some of y'all don't understand my voice. Your life is in a mess because you're doing a whole bunch of stuff with no counsel of the Lord. You're just jumping out there doing stuff. Whatever's, whatever's clever, whatever feels good, whatever looks good, whatever, whatever. Uh-uh. Jehoshaphat said, uh-uh, uh-uh. No, 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 no. There's nothing. Well, watch this now. God said, Robert, tell my people, there's nothing wrong with my people first seeking what? Counsel of the Lord. So the king of Israel, watch this now. Look at verse 6. So the king of Israel brought together the prophets. Should say the false prophets because that's who came out. Brought together the prophets, about 400 men, and asked them, shall I go to war against Ramoth Gilead or shall I refrain? Go, they answered. For the Lord will give it into the king's hands. Now let's let's get a, let's get a little background of what's going on here. Jezebel had a number of prophets that ate at her table. Four hundred prophets of either Baal or Asherah, and then four hundred and fifty prophets of Baal, four hundred and fifty prophets of Asherah. I believe those are the numbers. Well, in other words, these were false prophets that Jezebel, who was the queen, was taking care of personally. They were on the bankroll. So their job basically was to keep the, the 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 king and the queen satisfied. Well, true prophets don't play by them rules. See, false prophets play by them rules. False prophets get up there and tell you what you want to hear, tell you tell you stuff that you like to hear, so you can carry right on with your wickedness. True prophets, true prophets gonna blast that nonsense you coming with. And see, that's why true prophet Micaiah, this is who the story is about. He don't even get brought out with this group. Why? Because the false prophets, they, in fact, Micaiah ended up getting slapped. False prophets were all together, huddled together, telling lies. Micaiah come out and tell you what God really got to say. Yeah, I, I, you out there on the sound of my voice, you better find, if you haven't, you better find yourself a Micaiah. I hope you hear that with spiritual ears. Quit listening at them, them, them false prophets of Baal and them false prophets of Asherah. All these false prophets come together and they saying the same Bang! Go! They answered, for the Lord will give it into your hands. But look at Jehoshaphat. Now, remember I told you earlier, I hope my prayer for you is that you on the sound of my voice. See, see, that's the thing. I noticed the downloads have gone up highly. I told you, we made two broadcasts, had about 1,000 downloads, people download. Well, I know what's going on, even if you don't. Some of you all out there under the sound of my voice, you developing a Jehoshaphat spirit. You tired of listening at a bunch of nonsense? You tired of listening at a bunch of nonsensical preaching, a bunch of nonsensical teaching, a bunch of mess that ain't helping you get closer to God? In fact, a bunch of mess that's actually taking you further from God, and you want to hear the truth. What did Jehoshaphat say? Somebody. Jehoshaphat asked, is there not a prophet? Now, they should have true prophet, because Jehoshaphat, Jehoshaphat, Jehoshaphat was saying, in essence, this is nonsense. I know this ain't God talking. I know this ain't the true and living God. See, some of you all on the sound of my voice, I told you you were developing a Jehoshaphat spirit. You've been listening out a bunch of nonsense, and you don't heard a whole bunch of nonsense, and you saying in the very essence of your being, I know this ain't God. 
Jehoshaphat said, is there not? What? It should say true, because that's what he was really saying. Jehoshaphat said, look, King Ahab, this is too serious a business to be playing around with any false prophets. We're talking about going to war. We could lose our lives out here. Ain't got no time to be listening at no nonsensical false prophets. I want to hear a true prophet. I want to hear somebody that's been sent from God. I want to hear somebody that's going to tell me what God really got to say. I ain't got time for this nonsense. And what I'm finding that the older I get, because I know a lot of you all out there, you like your false prophets. I'm, the older I'm getting, the less I got time for folks that like listening to false prophets. Because I know they like being a mess. Because the doctrine that they that they receiving is a mess. And that's what they don't have to Ahab. Ahab run right out there. Don't listen to Ahab. I mean, don't don't listen to Micaiah. Run right out there and get himself killed. Run right out there. I mean, full steam. Why? Listening to false prophets. Jehoshaphat said, "Look, I ain't got time for this." And look, uh, 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 uh. Jehoshaphat said, "Look, I know the difference between what God is saying and what God is not saying." My prayer for you out there watching this broadcast, you better you better know the difference between what God is saying and what God is not saying. Quit playing around. I ain't got no time for no fault. I ain't got no time to be playing with you. I ain't got no time to be playing with no false prophets. I ain't got no time to be playing with no false Christians. I ain't got no time for nothing false. Life is too short and hell is too real. What we say the topic was? What is this? God's mission for my life has not changed. God's mission for my life is that I should know the truth, and the truth shall set me free. So if that's God's mission for my life, how in the world I got time to be listening at this nonsense that you preaching and teaching? Joshua said, I ain't got time for these nonsensical, these nonsensical jokers running around here. One of the saints saying, been a lot of lies told around here. <laughs> but this you can believe, and Makai is going to come out soon. Now watch this. Is there not a prophet? Should say true. True, is there not a prophet of the Lord here whom we can acquire of? Watch this now. Watch this now. I'm going to show you why some of you right there on the sound of my voice, why you don't like sound doctrine. Because you got the spirit of Ahab. God says, God said, go and tell him, Robert. This is why some of you all on the sound of my voice, if you ever wonder why you don't like true prophets, why you don't like sound doctrine, it's because you got the spirit of Ahab. Oh, watch this now. Watch this now. God gave me to show you something. Somebody gave me to get a revelation in him. The king of Israel, or Ahab, answered Jehoshaphat, there is still, watch this, one man through whom we can inquire the Lord. Now look at this. Look at, look at what Ahab has just testified, what? Against himself. He has just acknowledged with, the, him, with him bringing out all of these crazy prophets, he has just acknowledged that he knows there's a true prophet in Israel. Some of you all under the sound of my voice, you know full well that God is speaking through Apostle Brian, but yet you go run and listen to a whole bunch of nonsense. you testifying against your own self. You're testifying against your own self. All Ahab has admitted, he just finished saying, I know. But the question becomes then, if you know that there is a man in the land that you can hear from God from, how come you didn't bring him out first? How come if you know there's one man in the land that is speaking the words of God, how come you ain't in his church? If you know.
know that there's one man in the land from whom you can inquire the Lord. Why did you bring out, why are you wasting your time with these nonsensical jokers? Ahab just said it. Jehoshaphat didn't ask in the beginning if there was false prophets we can hear from. Jehoshaphat asked the king, he said, look, we want, I want to seek counsel of the Lord. So if you wanted counsel of the Lord, if you knew that Jehoshaphat wanted counsel of the Lord, Ahab, why did you bring out these jokers that wouldn't know the Lord if he was standing in front of them? See, see, why? Because everybody don't want to hear from God. That's, that's, that's why. That's the way everybody in church don't want to hear from God. I hope you all understand that. Everybody claim going to church, they don't want to hear from God. That's why a lot of you be sleeping in church. A lot of you have can't remember anything that was said when you get out of there. You ain't trying to hear from God. You're just putting on a show. The same way these false prophets were putting on a show. What you wanted was a show. Jehoshaphat said, look, I didn't ask for a show. I asked to inquire of the Lord. Ahab know what Jehoshaphat asked for. And he presented the king. He presented King Jehoshaphat with a show. There's still one man through whom we can inquire of the Lord. Watch this. But I hate him. See that? <laughs> yeah, you got the spirit of Ahab. See, when you hate sound doctrine, when you hate God's true prophets, when you hate what God really got to say, that's because you got the spirit of Ahab. I'm, listen, I'm trying to help you out so you don't mess around and, and, and end up standing before the judgment on God standing for the judgment on God, and God has seen you and that nonsense you've been listening to and believing straight to hell. Ahab, the problem is not with Micaiah. The problem is not with what Micaiah is preaching. What Ahab fails to realize is that the problem starts and finishes with him. If you are out there under the sound of my voice and you don't like sound biblical teaching, sound biblical doctrine, the problem is not with the doctrine. You don't like sound words from God. You don't like sound truth. The problem is not with the words from God. The problem is not with the truth of God. The problem is with you. Listen, I ain't even got time to listen to no jokers come telling me about how terrible some preacher is that they sitting up under listening. Because if you're sitting up under that nonsense, you're the problem. Listen, children of God, let me tell you, I ain't got time to hear that. I ain't got time to hear no husband talking about how terrible his wife is. Who married that gal? I ain't got time to hear listening to no wife talking about how terrible your husband is. Who said I do to that joker? I ain't got no problem with, I ain't got no time for parents. They got problems with, they, with talking about their own children. Who is raising that joker? I ain't got no time to listen to pastors to talk about how terrible their congregation is. Who let them come into church? You do know as pastor, you can put jokers out. I ain't got time. I ain't, man, I ain't got time, man. I just ain't got time.
All right, we got a revelation from one of the saints. Let's go and share that with the people. Give them about one minute. You think of it like Nazi Germany and how that some people got the writing on the wall in 1932 and 1933 when they were just starting to, you know, when they were starting to build up steam and they were seeing what they were doing in Germany at that time. And you just like, I don't like this kind of thing. So a lot of people split, you know, a lot of rich people split, go to America, do this, do that. Some people didn't get the message till. 1945, when everything was over and everything was destroyed, now you get the message that maybe you shouldn't have been in this country at this time doing, you know, doing this. And that's how a lot of time it is. Some people get the message too late. Rather, you get the message early and do something about it, then let it linger, and then it blows up in your face. Amen, amen. Praise God, praise God. So, 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 one of the things they're saying, look, you know, when we see things, the time to get things straight is not late in the game. We want to try to get things straight early in the game. I, I messed around this morning, made a, uh, and we're gonna get back to to the word, but the Lord is just giving me this as a, as a parable. I messed around earlier today making sausage sandwich. Fried me up some, cooked me up some sausage, put me some mustard on it, put me some cheese on it. And messed around and spilled a big wad of mustard on my T-shirt. Big wad of mustard. And what I tried to do was immediately get it off. I went on, took one of the dish towels, and immediately started wiping it off. Well, why? Because when you, you know, when you're talking about staining different things, the longer you leave stuff on, the more embedded and the deeper ingrained the stain becomes. You ever drop like some grape juice on you or some ketchup or some mustard? Try to work on getting it right then because the longer you let it sit, the more difficult it's going to be to get off later. Well, this one of the saints gave the example in regards to, to Nazi Germany. There were some people that saw what was going on in, in the 30s. Nazi Germany that just sprang up overnight. The, the, the Nazi party, this was something that was building, building, building. And when you saw, if you were there and you saw that it was crazy, you saw which way that was going, you needed to make a decision. Well, that in essence, when we look at this right here with Jehoshaphat, because we talked earlier and we said that we need to develop a Jehoshaphat spirit. Jehoshaphat saw nonsense early, and he did something about it. He told the king, he said, look, is there not a prophet of the Lord here whom we can inquire? Jehoshaphat said, I don't have time for this now. I didn't come all the way up here, King Ahab, to listen at this kind of foolishness. King Ahab said, yeah, yeah. But he never, he said, look, I hate him because he never prophesied anything good. Understand that the prophecy that you receive is often going to be a reflection of your character. Oh, it's not difficult for me to prophesy in regards to you. All I got to do is look at your character. If you got a good character, or if you're trying to do the things that are pleasing the outside of God, you need to know that there's going to be some good things that's coming to you. I can prophesy that real, real easy. I ain't even got to, I ain't even got to get all super spiritual. I ain't even got to fast for three days on that. And if you're doing a lot of crazy stuff, I ain't got to fast for three days on that either. A lot of crazy stuff is going to come to you. Now, Ahab, 
Ahab was a bad man. He was a wicked man. He was an evil man. So the prophecies that Micaiah was sharing with him were in line and a reflection of his character. Listen to what Ahab says. I hate him because he never prophesied anything good about me. Is there anything good in you? Are you doing anything good? Why are you going to expect a lot of good prophecies about you when you're doing a lot of bad stuff? If you want some good prophecies, start doing some good things. Ahab said he's always prophesying bad. And then look at it. He is Micaiah, son of Imlah. Well, make a long story short, they went and got and brought Micaiah out. You know, all those other false prophets had been telling all them lies. And, but Jehoshaphat wanted to hear the truth. See, I know why some of you all that are tuning in to this broadcast, I know why this church is on just about every corner. It's all kinds of churches. I know why some of you all are tuning in. Some of you all are tuning in to this broadcast on a regular basis, and you know that you will never set foot one day in the Christian Summer Church. I know some of you all around the world in different places. Some of you all will never even see me face to face. All that stuff don't matter. What matters is that the truth of God is spoken into your heart and into your mind. Because the Bible says that faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. Listen, you can't build up no real faith with no false biblical teachings. You can't build up no real faith with no false doctrine. You can't do it. It's not possible. In order to build up real faith, you've got to have real words from God. Listen, as a basketball coach, I couldn't get my team ready for practice by just uh, playing like we're going to practice or by just acting like we're going to practice. Mm-mm. I got to, you you want to be ready for the game, we got to go through some real practice. You want to be ready for the trials of life, the tribulations of life, the difficulties of life. You want to be ready for the wiles of the devil. You, then you got to have some real word from God. Can't be listening at this nonsense, nonsensical stuff. A lot of jokers is running around preaching and teaching. Give me some, give it to me straight. Let me hear what God got to say straight. So now I can either do that or I can keep right on doing my craziness. But at least, at least I know what's waiting for me if I continue to do craziness. So they bring out. Micaiah. And while they bring Micaiah out, you have to read this for yourself. The, the, the officer that brought him out was like, look, now, all the other prophets done, done told King Ahab what he wanted to hear. You need to, you need to tell him that, too. Micaiah was like, all right, all right, no problem. <laughs> no problem, no problem. You know. The Bible says in verse 15, when he arrived, the king asked Micaiah, shall we go to war against Ramoth Gilead, or shall I return? Refrain. Attack! And be victorious, he answered. Or the Lord will give it into the king's hand. Now, you know, Micaiah, like, you know, I'll tell you what you want to hear. He's just kind of messing with the king a little bit. Because even the king knew that that, won't, that that was just nonsense. Now, listen to what the king said. Ahab said to him, how many times must I make you swear to tell me nothing but the truth in the name of the Lord? Oh, my God. <laughs> <laughs> Micaiah said, say what? 
Wait a minute. Wait a minute. You you want to hear the truth? See, I'm. Oh my God. See, Makai was like, you know, I play along. I play along with all the false prophets. If that's that's the kind of stuff you want to hear, attack me, Victoria. King said, look, how many times must I make you swear to tell me nothing but the truth in the name of the Lord? Makai was like, oh, all right then. See, Makai said, all right, I'm hearing Makai in the spirit. You messing with the wrong one. See, some of you all out there under the sound of my voice, you done messed around and got involved with teaching the word with Apostle Brian. Oh, my God. See, you've out there been dipping and dabbing and playing church. You done messed around now, and you done got, you done got yourself a, you want to hear the truth? Makai said, you, oh, okay, so it's like that now. So you don't, you don't, you don't want to play with them, with them, well, you don't want to play no more with them false prophets. You want to hear this thing like it really is? Then Micaiah answered, I saw all Israel scattered on the hills like sheep without a shepherd. And the Lord said, these people have no master. Let each one go home in peace. In other words, you're going to run right out there and die. And all the people are going to be wondering what to do. And they're going to end up just having to go home. The king of Israel said to Jehoshaphat, didn't I tell you? He never prophesied anything good about me, but only bad. Micaiah continued. Micaiah said, I ain't finished yet. You asked for the truth, you got it. Jack Nicholson told somebody, you can't handle the truth. See, the reality is some of you all out there on the sound of my voice, you can't handle the truth. That's why you keep playing with them false prophets. Micaiah said, look, now you done messed around. You done stumbled up on a true prophet. You done stumbled up on somebody that's really hearing from God, not somebody that's playing like they're hearing from God. You done stumbled up on the word. You done stumbled up on somebody that know what God is really saying about this, what you were involved in. You done stumbled up. You done, I ain't going to say you stumbled up on the wrong one because the reality is you done stumbled up on the right one. Whenever you find yourself, up under a true, hearing what a true prophet got to say, you in the right place, my brother and my sister. It won't nothing but the devil that fooled you and had you thinking that listening to them nonsensical false prophets was the right place. You in the right place. You mess around and walk in and a true prophet is, you done walked into the right place. You done mess around and call and a true prophet is, is, you done called at the right time. You done mess around and flip through YouTube, you done flip through your TV, and you done run into a true prophet, you in the right place. Come on, saints, we've got to close this out now. Time is about up. Micaiah said, I, I ain't finished yet. Therefore, hear the word of the Lord. I saw the Lord sitting on his throne with all the hosts of heaven standing around him on his right and on his left. And the Lord, and, and the Lord said, who will entice Ahab into attacking Ramoth Gilead and going to his death there? Now, understand what, what God was asking. God had all kind of spirits. And even today, God said, I got all kind of spirits around me, Robert. God said, I'm still the king. No matter what the devil do, no matter what demons do, God said, I'm still the king of kings. I'm still the Lord of lords. God said, I'm still on the throne, Robert. God said, I ain't, ain't nobody going to usurp my throne. Ain't nobody going to push me off the throne and take over my kingdom. God said, I'm still as much in charge today as I have ever been. Good God in this place. What a mighty God. What? We serve. 
So you got God saying, Micaiah said, look, what I done seen in the spiritual realm is God on the throne with all kind of spirits around. And God has a question, who going to entice or trick Ahab into going to war against Ramoth Gilead and going to his death? See, because God said, look, I can't entice nobody. God can't trick nobody. God can't lie to nobody. But God has got power over spirits that can lie to you. Keep in mind that the devil still belongs to God. God's a Robert E. Mine, and he do exactly what I tell him. And he, don't do, he doesn't do anything more than what I allow him to do. So God said, who's going to entice? Who's going to entice? I don't figure out who's going to trick Ahab up real good so that he run right out there fighting Ramoth Gilead and die. One spirit suggested this. Another suggested that. Look at verse 21. Finally, a spirit came forward, stood before the Lord and said, I'll entice him. I'll lure him. I'll trick him. And the Lord was like, God says, uh, by what means? The Lord asked. I will go out and be a lying spirit in the mouth of all his prophets. He said, God said, you will succeed in enticing him. Go do it. God gave this lying spirit the permission to go and be a lying spirit in the mouth of all of Ahab's prophets. So what Ahab was listening to was a bunch of jokers that were listening to lying spirits. Mm. God do the same thing today. See? Listen, just because a whole bunch of folk is saying something, that don't make it true. A whole bunch of folk can tell a lie just like one or two people can tell a lie. So now, here we are in Ahab's day. All these little prophets he got that, are being, that have been influenced by this spirit who has, has, has now caused them to tell a lie just sweet enough for Ahab to believe it. You go on and read the rest of the story. Ahab believed it, ran right out there to war against Ramoth Gilead, and died. Why? Because he believed the lying spirit that was in the mouth of false prophets. Some of you all under the sound of my voice, you're going to go to your death believing lying spirits in the mouth of false prophets. But my prayer for you under the sound of my voice, wherever you are and whoever you are under the sound of my voice, that you will come out from under any lying spirit in the mouth of any prophet and get to a place where you know the words of the true and living God are being preached and taught. That's my prayer for you. That's my prayer for you. Want a whole lot of Micaiahs. There was a whole lot of false prophets. But there was one Micaiah. You say, Apostle, what are you trying to get us to understand? The Bible said there are many false prophets that are going out into the world. That's the Bible. That's God's word. I can't change that. Wouldn't dare change it. But God didn't say that all prophets were false prophets. God has still got some true prophets in this day, in this generation. Might not be many. Want a whole lot of Micaiahs in this day. But there was one. There was one. 
And listen to me, children of God. I don't know about you about doing the sound of my voice. I don't know. You, you had to do this, do this thing whichever way seemed best to you. I would rather hear from one true prophet than hear from a thousand false prophets. That's me. That's me. I'd rather hear from one true prophet than a thousand false prophets. Ahab didn't listen to the true prophet. He chose to listen to the false prophets. And he run right out there and got himself killed. Look at verse 37, 1 Kings 22, 37, just to make a long story short. So the king died and was brought to Samaria, and they buried him there. Listening to false prophets that get you killed out there, children of God. Listening to false, so the king of Israel died in Samaria. He died, what did it say? So the king of Israel, king died and was brought to Samaria, and they buried him there. Well, why? He didn't listen to the true prophet. And every one of you under the sound of my voice, you're going to have to make a choice in your life, whether to listen to the many false prophets that's running around or to listen to the few true prophets that God still has. Saints, we're going to have to close this because of time today, but I, I trust that uh, – you all are being blessed out there as I'm seeing the donation, I mean, seeing the, uh, the downloads and the listening audience around the world increasing. We praise God for each of you, and we pray that God continues to be a blessing in your life. Uh, the Lord willing, we'll come back this evening and finish up in Romans uh, chapter 8 where we started out. God's mission for my life has not changed. Capital C in our outline, his mission, his purpose. Keep in mind that you cannot accomplish God's mission for your life if you don't know God's purpose for your life. You must take time to hear God's purpose for your life so that you can get to work on God's mission for your life. Questions? Question one. All right, one of the saints is asking, what does it mean to work together? What does it mean to work together? We talked about that earlier. Question two, what have we got? All right. Any level that we are on, what has God got for us? Any level that we are on in this life, what does God have for us? And question three. All right. What are, what are the two prerequisites? in order that, that we must have in our life in order for all things to work together for our good. What are the two prerequisites that we must have in order for all, all things to work together for our good? Praise God. Let us pray. Father, in the mighty name of Jesus Christ, again, we thank you, Father, for the privilege and the opportunity to study your word, to show ourselves approved unto you. Workmen who do not need to be ashamed, but who rightly divide the word of truth. We pray, Father, for everyone under the sound of my voice that you will uh, allow your word to sink deep into the hearts and the minds of your hearers, that your people in the four corners of the earth, as your word has gone into their hearts and minds, will bring forth harvest in their life, some 30 some 60, some 100 times what has been sown. We pray, Father, for all of those who are sick under the sound of my voice, that your power, your spirit, and your might will heal them in the mighty and the glorious name of Jesus Christ.
We pray, Father, that if there are any under the sound of my voice who are not saved, that they will confess with their mouth today and believe in their heart the Lord Jesus and that you have raised him from the dead, as the Scripture declares in Romans chapter 10, verses, verses 9 and 10, and that they will be saved. You have told us that if we confess with our mouth and believe in our heart the Lord Jesus and that God has raised him from the dead, we shall be saved. We pray, Father, that you will watch over your people. Keep us. Keep us uh, in your will. Lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from the evil one, that your name may be glorified, exalted, and praised. These and all other blessings we ask in the name of Jesus Christ, our Lord and our Savior, that God's people say amen. Since you can reach us through email at thechristensearchurch at gmail.com. Check our website at www.rchurch.com backslash member backslash t backslash tccc. Feel free to join us on TalkShoes, Recast, YouTube, and iTunes at 9 a.m. 7 p.m. daily. On TalkShoes, call 724-444-7444 and try ID 17959. On type in Robert Bryan on YouTube and the Christian Center Church channel. You can see excerpts of Apostle Robert Bryan on YouTube. Donations should be sent by using the donation button on the church website or our TalkShoes homepage. God bless you and have a smile you. In Jesus' name, amen.